Thanks for tuning in to the third accrue for you Back to Business podcast. I'm Bill Mountain of accrue for you and I set this podcast up to share useful insights that you can apply to your creative business that take into account strategy, storytelling, and shooting techniques and tips. I'm delighted to be joined by some of the best people I know who are experts in all three of these areas. There are three episodes for which this is the third. It's all very well proclaiming that we'll socially distance, but what does that mean in real life? What are the best protocols and resources to consult? And how do we adapt stories we tell to allow for safer shoots? And lastly, what are the alternatives when you can't shoot conventionally? Today we're going to talk about making sure your post-COVID shoot is as safe as it possibly can be with Fleur de Camp from Plastic Pictures. And in a shameless plug for our services, if you like this podcast and want one of your own, we can make it for you. Go to accrueforyou.com and follow the podcast link for more details. Today's first guest, Fleur de Camp, is the head of production of Plastic Pictures of London, the FCOM Agency of the Year and winner of many awards besides that. Plastic Pictures have worked on projects for brands as diverse as Amazon, Standard Chartered, BP and AstraZeneca. We're also joined by Wim Verbeck, who is our man in Benelux. I and the team count him as one of the best crew that we work with. He's worked on literally hundreds of projects for us for many years, for many big names, and even helped us when we line produced an episode of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills in Amsterdam. Fleur, I'd like to talk to you about the production implications of COVID-19. What impact has it had on plastic pictures so far? Um, so generally, um, it's been, I mean, like I think with everyone, it's been sort of quite life-changing. We've been been—we've been working from home. This will be the 12th week, um, so three months at the end of this week, um, which is really a long time. Um, but I've been really proud of us as a team in terms of stepping up to the challenge and just all working remotely. Um, Plastic Pictures is half a production company and half a sort of animation studio. So we've been incredibly lucky to be able to kind of rely on more post and animation projects during this time. Um, But I'd say the past two, two and a half weeks, as um, lockdown has been easing and government guidelines have kind of relaxed and shoots are slowly starting to happen, um, we are now starting to look at that um, and, you know, shoot protocol. So the production side of things has really ramped up over the past two weeks, um, which, yeah, which is fantastic. Yeah, it really is. I mean, you've mentioned remote working. I mean, overall, how how has the company started? You've mentioned remote working. Overall, how have you found Plastic Pictures adapting its ways of working, shooting, producing as a result of COVID? It's been pretty good. Uh, we kind of took took a decision to, to start working remotely a week before official government lockdown happened because we just wanted to kind of get ahead of the curve and work out, iron, iron out any kinks of remote working. Um, I mean, we have a few editors that work in their own studios anyway, so we're used to not everyone in the team being present in the office. Um, we've relied on programs like Slack Messenger to kind of keep everyone together. We we made decisions early on to have two check-in calls with the whole call, core team. Um, so just really ramping up um, communication as much as possible um, and relying on like scheduling forecasts even more so than we usually would. Um, and also trying to keep some morale up. So I'm sure like Lots of other companies have done having quizzes, um, inviting freelancers to that to sort of keep them involved. And um, as head of production in my role, I want to make sure everyone's sort of staying as sane as possible and mental health being a really important sort of 
issue. Um, so just kind of weekly check-ins with my team to not necessarily talk about work, but just to say, how are you doing? How is stuff? Um, and have try and bring that kind of chit chat back into the remote office a little bit just to kind of touch base with with people rather than roles that's interesting to know actually you say things are picking up again which is really really good um and in terms of safety what kind of precautions are you putting in place for filming in what they keep telling us is the new normal so um as things uh relaxed a little bit uh a couple of weeks ago we've been um consulting government guidelines we've also been really relying on um industry bodies and trade organizations like the APA um health and safety executive as well uh places like pact and bec2 um and first option have been a really fantastic resource for us just following those guidelines trying to uh, let it all percolate in terms of how that works in a real life setting. Um, there have been fantastic kind of weekly briefing webinars that um, I've been attending, um, some online COVID specific health and safety stuff around shooting, um, which me and my production team have all been on. Um, so just trying to be as educated as possible um, and just have as much time pre-production which isn't always possible given our our type of industry um but really have um as much time as possible to work through each shoot and know that each shoot is going to be a slightly different challenge um and just work out the best way to shoot that whilst observing the two meter distance between people at all times um where possible obviously it's not always possible um so yes oh, i mean it sounds to me that like you've obviously done a lot of reading up on things have you have you sort of collated those into a, an internal process or procedure manual or something uh, yes, absolutely. We've um, got a sort of COVID safe shoot policy that is it's fairly generic. Um, and then within each project, we will um, fill out um, a specific COVID safety risk assessment. So we'll have our normal call sheet, normal risk assessment for the shoot as a project. Um, and then we have a completely separate document that is just outlining the uh, risk of COVID-19 on set and the actions we're taking to minimize that risk um so really treating it as a completely separate thing um not just tacking on to the normal risk assessment um so each shoot we've done a few over the past couple of weeks um each shoot has that um as well as everything else um and just communicating with the team as well as and when things change um and yeah, just having all those resources um, on our on our shared server so everyone can access it and kind of keep up to date with it because things are changing sort of every week. There's a lot of, yeah, lots of development. So I think that's also key, trying to just keep abreast of everything that's changing. No, this is true. We've, we've had the same thing. We've been looking at things all over the world and trying to compile a, a, a guide. And I'm going to pick your brains. I'm going to be really cheeky here because I know you mentioned a few sources, some of which I hadn't heard of. Are there any resources you recommend for shooting guidelines and post-COVID sort of safety recommendations? Yeah, I mean, first option, group um is where me and my team have done the uh, online course which i could post a link to after this um they've also provided a kind of risk assessment template which takes into account 
everything you could encounter on a shoot. Um, and that's been designed uh, with the APA as well. Um, so that's been a really good resource to to use as a sort of um, RA template. That sounds good. I'm going to be on there straight after this. Yes, call. do. Just as just, uh, a shameless plug for a crew for you. We've got a COVID Let's Get Shooting Guide, um, oh, great. which you can find on our COVID-19 page and also on the page related to this podcast. So if you're interested, anyone who happens to be listening, um, download it. Um, I guess that um, client confidence is quite a big factor at the moment. How have you been reassuring and reassuring? Sorry, start again. That was rubbish. I guess, oh, one, two, three. I guess client confidence is a big factor at the moment. Um, how have you been reassuring and educating your clients in order to get them comfortable to film again? Yeah, great question. Um, I think the key, as always, with any project, um, you know, pre-COVID or, or during COVID, is just being um, as uh, collaborative with your clients as possible and just sort of getting them in those conversations right from the start. So when things sort of started opening up a couple of weeks ago, we contacted a few clients to say, look, things are changing slightly. We're getting these things in place. Filming is possible. It just requires, you know, X, Y, and Z. Um, And sending out um, sort of, yeah, just quick emails like that. Also working with, depending on the size of the company, they might have their own team within that company that has very stringent guidelines in order to adhere to to COVID safety that might slightly differ to what we've been looking at generically. So getting in touch with those parts of the business as soon as possible to say, look, this is what we want to do. This is the creative. This is how we're going to approach it. And this is how we're going to make it COVID safe. How do you feel about that? Are you on board? How can we tweak things so everyone is happy? Um, I think that's kind of the best way to be at the moment, to be kind of upfront and honest as possible. I think that's a great idea, actually, because, yeah, there's been many a time before COVID when somebody from H&S or Health and Safety has been involved on a shoot. And we've all been there, haven't we, filming things in oil refineries and God knows where. And somebody says, you need this and nobody knew and everything stops. And it can be rather worrying. So that's a good bit of advice generally, I think, as well. Do do your due diligence regarding health and safety on site and speak to the gatekeepers in-house as well before the shoot. Um, another sort of thing I'd like to ask you is um, what kind of alternative filming techniques like remote shoots and down the line filming have you been researching or used so far as a result of COVID? We haven't done any remote camera shoots, although I'm keen to, because uh, I've seen quite a lot of uh, COVID TV, as it were, that is <laughs> that is employing that, which interests me from a sort of filmmaker point of view. Um, when the scripted action might have required two people to be on screen. We've changed things slightly and we've said, okay, well maybe can they just be on the phone to each other? And we're, you know, dividing their locations. So it's a distinct, you know, difference and and they're not on screen together. Um, The use of a lot of archive has also been um, what we've been utilizing over the past few months. Um, Trying to think what else. Um, mainly just trying to keep it with with a singular person on screen at the moment um but obviously that's not 
always possible and it's not going to be possible <laughs> in the future. No, not at all. No, that's really, really good. I'd say I really appreciate that, Flo. It's nice to get the insight from somebody at a production company. I see we crew for you a bit further down the line, so it's nice to hear what's happening upstream. Um, and heading further downstream, uh, we've now got Wim on the line from Eindhoven in Holland. Um, and we've been working with Wim for years. He's almost family now. Um, and we've been doing a bit of research on down the line sheets. Uh, as luck would have it, Fleur, <laughs> after the point you made. Um, so, Wim, I want to ask you a little bit about that trial that we did the other week. And we've started filming, actually, four o'clock as a result of a trial we did, looking at down-the-line shooting technology. I mean, Wim, could you maybe tell us a bit more about some of the building blocks of the solution that we've been looking at together? Well, remote shooting is a, is a challenge, of course. And, uh, um, and there's no possibility for a crew to enter on a location you have to do some preparations to do uh, remote shooting. And, uh, well, the first of all things is that proper internet is necessary. If there's not proper internet on your location or on the remote location, especially the remote location, then there's uh, no uh, solution, uh, obviously. But when at a company or on a location, there's a bit of a proper internet there, then we can uh, search for solutions to uh, do shoots on that location. And it can be anywhere around the world. So that's the good thing. You don't have to be in a location near to your own place. I can arrange a location and a shoot from my place here in the Netherlands. And it can be in London or it can be in uh, the Americas or whatever. But uh, on the remote side, you need some kind of a good, proper internet speed. That's it. And uh, then we can invite an interviewee to, uh, well, to make a story on camera. Yes, piece of camera. That's uh, what's possible then. The problem is then that you need the feed from that remote location to your own studio. Well, that's where things are going uh, wrong most of the time, because yeah, usually you need a satellite connection or a broadcast connection to make this happen on a qualitative, quality, good uh, manner. But, uh, well, at the moment, there are solutions from Microsoft or some other providers that install servers all over the world. You can use those servers, and then you can have a connection that is uh, good enough that has broadband quality to get the feed from that location to your own studio to your own site and this is using an acquisition medium like skype as well um with some specific hardware plugged into it isn't it when yeah that's the solution that we can uh, use and the nice thing is that skype has a kind of business solution it's uh, a more professional solution uh, and then you make use of their service all over the world to uh, make it happen that your feed comes in uh, at uh, the right quality that you need. Eh? You need uh, 1080 or 720 quality or so. And uh, you can do it with that uh, kind of network that they deliver. You need some hardware on your own uh, location, but that's it. And with the license, you can uh, sh do shoots 
over the world. Yeah, which is quite useful because we've been doing some trials and just started filming some down-the-line interviews with people. And what's quite cool is it allows us to get um, 720p quality um, using a hardware solution linking into Skype. Um, and um, it's quite cool. It's quite good because we can do down-the-line interviews with it, but we can also do virtual events and help people pull virtual events together. Um, and we've got like a video control room over in Holland. Um, and we, were, in terms of virtual events, we're able to take feeds in from lots of different sources, aren't we, Wim? Well, the good thing is, uh, well, at a, at a normal event, you are with a lot of people. They are on one location and you can do your shoots with multiple cameras. Well, in this case, the good thing is all those people don't have to be at the same location. So, for instance, you plan an event, you can uh, invite people from other places in the world, uh, let them come in, and so you have three, four, five or more sources that come into your studio, and you can mix real-time or you can uh, make remixes and do some uh, post-production afterwards because all those uh, streams that come in are able to record. ISO records can be made. So the highest quality that comes over the internet uh, can be uh, captured uh, at your own studio. And then you can, whatever, or live or in post, uh, uh, add all that you need to complete your production. You can also do uh, graphics or even uh, lower thirds in a live uh, streamed production. Which is quite interesting. So the nice thing is with having the ISO records at a decent quality, you can obviously use those for edit and they're gradable as well, as we've been finding out when we're doing some down the lines for a big corporate client all over the world at the moment. One of the interesting things as well with the video control is that we can take feeds in from different sources. So Skype is really good because it enables us to capture things at a high quality. We can take also feeds in from things like Zoom, but Zoom can be a little bit spotty. Sometimes Zoom because it's made to work as a consumer video conferencing system and to keep the video flowing and the audio flowing at all times, sometimes it really will throttle bandwidth and frame rate. So if you're trying to use that in a professional setting, one of the big caveats with Skype is Skype can go as low as 11 frames per second and like 180 lines, which is sort of like blinking while watching VHS or something. So from the tests that we've done so far and from the actual shoots that we've been doing in the last, literally the last few days, we're finding that Skype with a hardware solution monitored in a proper TriCaster unit with a vision mixture is quite a good solution. Um, and the advantage of having using a system like Skype is that everybody can download the software, the client can join in on the call, the engineer can be present, a bit like the podcast we're recording now, and ask people to do a go-around if there's an issue with bandwidth. And for a basic application like a talking head, it's quite good. It does fall a little bit to pieces when you start looking at things like B-roll. You wouldn't want to be doing any panning around the place because the encoding that it uses falls to pieces slightly. But if you're looking at a simple talking head, it's actually quite good. Um, anyway, I should be the one asking the questions, not doing the talking chat, so sorry about that. But um, I guess, really, uh, both of you, sir, I want to ask a little question, because obviously you're both there uh, you know, on the front line. What do you both think the future holds for corporate filming post-COVID? For me personally, as I've been kind of um, immersed in what needs to happen for us to get moving again shoot-wise, um, has been, I think... A positive thing has been sort of recognizing that humans are really good at adapting and this this very overused already phrase of new normal is 
is what's going to be happening. Um, and I think that it's fine for our content to reflect this new normal. Um, I think with, um, even with uh, news reports and, you know, Saturday night TV, for example, the the quality has morphed, you know, we're seeing people in their homes more and, and that's more acceptable. Um, and I think in terms of corporate communications, people will expect to see people in, in their homes because that's the reality that a lot of people are living at the moment. I think also as, as things kind of ramp up and, and, you know, more shoots are happening um, and we get to grips with the, the COVID safety guidelines even more, I think it will just present new challenges for us to think of ways around, you know, creative problems. Um, I think, you know, necessity is a mother of invention in that way that we'll just go, okay, we we would have we would have done it like that in 2019 but how are we going to do it now and i think people will rise to the challenge because everyone in this um industry is pretty creative so that's kind of what we do yeah it's true it goes with the turf what do you think when what do you think that what do you think the future might hold for us all yeah well th- the most thing we do is uh, is corporate filming uh, work so um i think that uh, that will change a lot because in uh, telling stories it's uh, often about uh, telling a real story. So don't uh, make a lot of scenes and pre-scripting, but uh, let people talk about what's going on. And that fits also in our own motto, which is nothing beats the real thing. So let people talk and uh, talk about uh, things that uh, are happening today. And... Uh, another part of the corporate filming world is, of course, the, the advertising side where you make things bigger and greater than they are. Uh, and I think people uh, um, don't accept uh, a lot of advertising if it doesn't bring the right message and a truthful mes- message. So you want a truthful message. And you can uh, give that message uh, with people that re- tell real stories. And the nice thing in the, this COVID time is, I think, that you connect people with each other and use the interactivity of, well, the systems that we described earlier to, uh, to get that message across of real people and their real companies uh, describing their own uh, challenges and uh, telling about it uh, to other people, which are probably also in a feed or whatever. So this kind of uh, communication will be, uh, well, I think we will see this more in in future. More real stories. It's it's, it's interesting because in our first episode of the podcast, we were talking about propositions for agencies and the two people involved said, you've got to be real. In the second episode, we talked about storytelling and how storytelling is going to change and again the authenticity came through and and again you've chimed in with the same message it's quite nice that everybody's in accord on that well that's about all we've got time for thanks both for your insights into adapting your production and safety procedures and also telling us about remote shooting whim and lastly ending up with some really interesting insights into the future of corporate shooting if you'd like to get more information on how to get in touch with them or any resource they've mentioned, go to accrueforyou.com and follow the navigation on the site to Podcasts, Podcast 3, for the resource page with links and more. Finally, I've got to mention a great offer being made by the trade body Evcom. 
Evcom is the trade body for corporate video and events in the United Kingdom, and they're offering freelance producers a free membership until the end of 2020. That's a great offer. You can find a link to it on the resource page. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Thanks to Fleur and Wim for sharing insights and experiences around safe sheets post-COVID-19 and some great new ways to capture video content. Remember, if you'd like to get more information on any of the guests, go to accrueforyou.com and follow the navigation on the site too. Podcasts, Podcast 3, the resource page with links and more. I hope we'll see you around here soon. 